Uh, welcome back to Kafaru Cast. Uh, today, I've got Dennis Harper on the mic with me. He's the uh, president of Compton Traditional Bow Hunters. Uh, what's up, man? Not much, buddy. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I um good. I tell you, I being new to the traditional archery side of things, uh, you know, Compton was one of the first that uh, kind of pops up uh, that I see on social media, things like that, and. I don't know how how long's Compton's been in uh, in the works. How long have you guys been around? Twenty years. Last year, last year was actually our twentieth uh, anniversary. We uh, we started this whole thing. Um, there was twelve of us met for breakfast at Pope and Young Club uh, banquet up in Omaha in nineteen ninety nine. We'd been talking about it for a few years, and uh, you know, Glenn St. Charles had written that article. It's time, and. Um, you know, time to have a national traditional bow hunting organization. And finally, there was a dozen of us there for breakfast. And it's like, you know what? Marv Clinky uh, kind of ran the little breakfast meeting and said, you know what? It's time. All of you guys that want to be charter members, throw $100 in the middle of the table and let's get something started. We didn't have a name. We didn't have anything at that point. But uh, we all threw $100 in the middle of the table and got things rolling. So... But 1999, yeah. You, you guys have an annual shoot that is, it's the largest traditional archery shoot, isn't it, from what I understand? I, it's its right up there, man. I, I've been to, ours and ETAR are, are very similar in size, I think, uh, the Eastern Traditional Rendezvous. But, well, I tell you what, for just a, a good time, <laughs> I don't know if there is one better, you know. Um, we'll have... Depends on the day, over the weekend or whatever in the year, but uh, we always, it's hard to keep track of exactly how many people are there um, because the local club does a lot of the money collecting and things like that. And, you know, we get a, get a small portion of what they charge the guys to shoot the weekend. You know, they charge one price and they come in to shoot the whole weekend. They got four ranges, but we, we always figure there's between two and 3000 people there at any given time with uh, all the families and of course no one 16 and under is charged so we've got a passel of young people there and it's absolutely fantastic um that rendezvous if you uh if you want to just see a little snippet of it there's a there's a video we had a guy shoot a few years ago uh so it's a little older but um he flew a drone over it. I think he did it on Friday when the campground was about half full. So it looks like there's nobody there to me, but there's still a pretty good crowd there. And he flew a drone through the vendor tent, but we'll have, uh, we have a lot of folks there, several thousand, you know, give or take, uh, four archery ranges, campground. And we've got a 60 by 200 foot, uh, circus tent with vendors in it and uh, a big field with outdoor vendors in it too. Just it's kind of like a kid in a candy store, you know. <laughs> You've got everything you want to do right there. The cool thing about that rendezvous is the the local club, the Bering County Sportsman's Club up there that hosts it. They've got this beautiful piece of property right on the uh, the St. Joe River, right up there in Michigan, and um, they've got four archery ranges. They've got a, a snack bar. The local club fixes breakfast every morning, so you can go up there and camp out for the week and not have to cook any food. Just go and enjoy yourself, you know, and it's pretty cheap entertainment. No, that's cool. It, uh, you guys got um, screwed by Rona, basically, this year. You had to cancel <laughs> the shoot, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We canceled our big game classic, which is a, an indoor banquet um, in March. We have it every other year, so it's hit us pretty hard. That's why we made that Rona target for the kids to shoot at, man. Let's kill that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> kidding. So, yeah. We had to had to cancel the big game classic, and then, you know, a lot of our volunteers and and uh, you know we have people from all over the country and sometimes other countries coming to the rendezvous, and um, all of our volunteers. I mean, we're you know there's none of us are the youngest anymore, <laughs> and uh, the local clubs, volunteers, and things, and people were nervous about you know do I want to stand at the gate and handle money from all, all corners of the country. And, um, and we just felt like it was best and, and probably the most responsible thing to do to not put anyone in harm's way. So that's why we decided, you know what, let's just take a break from it. And uh, we were talking about it on the conference call and 
and we wanted to do something. I think maybe Brian Burkhart said, well, why don't we do some virtual stuff? And some of us were like, what? <laughs> He's obviously and, uh, a much higher tech redneck than uh, the rest of you. <laughs> right, right. And smarter than the rest of us. And uh, so we started bouncing things. You know, the, the, the youth shoot, that's a big part of the rendezvous. Saturday, we'll have 250, 300 young people at our youth event. And, um, you know, they're separated out by age groups and they're out shooting and some of the older ones are doing some tree stand safety and blood trailing things. It's just a, it's a big event for the young people there. So we thought the first thing that came to mind was the, was, yeah, let's, let's make a target to put in the magazine and let the kids shoot at it. And we'll, we'll give them a free t-shirt. If they send their picture in, we'll give them a free t-shirt and things, you know, the wheel started turning and we was looking at the the schedule of events, you know, it's like, well, gosh, you know, we could, uh, we can, we can find a place we can do an online auction and we've already got our dream raffle going. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but you know, there's, there's things that we can do. So we, we don't normally do a photo contest. We have at the big game classic, but it's like, well, we can do that online and people can post pictures and, you know, we can pick a winner and send them a t-shirt or a plaque or something. And so the whole thing just started evolving and, it's really, it's really been pretty fantastic. I, I'm kind of impressed by how everything's kind of come together and the support from from our membership and, and folks like you and and Rob there, Sickmo Chronicles and stuff. And so it's it's just been fantastic. I don't know. We're just we're learning as we go. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Yeah. I um. Yeah. The virtual week. Far we donated some stuff to the, whatever you yes. want to call it, virtual online auction. The one thing, obviously, you guys. A lot of the monetary, the funds that you guys have for the year for keeping the organization going is, uh, you know, generated from obviously what got canceled. So mm. I'll, I'll say it, make sure everybody uh, tunes in. There's a lot of cool stuff you guys have. A lot of people were very generous with donations because I don't, it's not overly easy, overly easy running one of these to begin with and then keeping it going, monetarily speaking, everything costs. So you know, anybody listening in, get on the Compton traditional page and, and make sure and get involved in the, in the auction. Um, you know, I, you know, all of this, which I, I don't even know, you and I have hardly even talked how familiar you are with me, but I just got going in this, like just a few years ago in traditional archery. And there's not that many organizations to begin with for traditional archery. So, you know, Compton specifically, I've always kind of cater to you guys have been super cool you know for the for the most part everybody i've talked to i've never heard anything negative about you guys been very positive and uh all the members have been have been great have you have you you've been the president for like almost four years is that correct yeah it'll be four years next spring so i've been on the board in one capacity or another since 2008 and uh uh, archive secretary and started off as that an appointed position you know and then vice president for six years and now um, i'll be president for four so how long have you been shooting a stick bow like recurve longbow um i started with a recurve in 1982 i shot in fact this i was setting i remember i was in high school and a buddy of mine sat next to me in class he was all excited he goes man you know it's september and he's like right, we're gonna shoot our bows tonight i said man i've always wanted to have one of those i shot one when i was in junior high and you just didn't have two nickels to rub together. He goes, well, come over tonight. You know, we, we've got an extra bow. You can shoot it. And so I got excited that all, that started the whole thing. And that's, that's kind of the Compton spirit. You know, the, the, the cool thing about the Compton group is that, you know, if you, if you need something, somebody's going to have it, somebody's going to know it and they're going to share the information with you or whatever. It's just, probably the most welcoming group I've ever been around. And, you know, the rendezvous, we call it a rendezvous, but it's, it's really like a family reunion. So anyway, I started back then. I did shoot a compound for a couple of years. The, the same, the same kid that, that loaned me the recurve talked me in, I was going to buy a bow. He goes, man, you got to buy this, this bow here. A friend of mine was the archery dealer. So I went and bought one. I shot it for a couple of years in high school and, and, um, and then I, I bought a recurve in uh, 1985, I guess. And uh, I've shot traditional ever since then. Gotcha. Have you, um, 
I'm looking at your Instagram page now. You're lacking, buddy. You got to get some more photos up there. Have you <laughs> on mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife is always telling me that I I'm horrible at posting stuff. I I watch things. I I look at other people's posts. I'm kind of boring, really. I <laughs> you know I I don't take enough pictures. I guess. You know, we, I went on a backpack elk hunt in Montana one time, and my wife's like, and I even shot a cow elk and, with uh, a Jerry Pierce um, Choctaw recurve. And and uh, I got home, she's like, oh, I can't wait to see all the pictures. It's like, yeah, yeah, here you go. Six pictures I took on a week on two-week backpack hunt. <laughs> yeah, that, that is slightly less than I normally take in the first five minutes of the trip. <laughs> We'll we'll have three thousand photos in a in a in a trip like that. I, I'm a photo taking fool, but um, it's not for everybody. It's hard to get used to packing that camera around and actually using it too. Well, the phones, like the camera phone or the smartphone I have here, you know, it takes such good pictures. It takes better pictures than my old point and shoot did, you know, and so it just makes it a lot easier. And I I do need to take more pictures and, and share more stuff. Would you say, have you noticed, um, you know, in the last few years, the traditional archeries has grown or was there bigger spurts in previous years you've seen or, or what, I guess, what's kind of your, uh, you know, from, from, from looking at it from, uh, somebody that's been in it a long time, you know, kind of what's your outlook or take on it? Man, I, that's a great question. I, I think right now we kind of are, we're kind of in the good old days of traditional bow hunting right now. I mean, we, there's such a growth. And we're seeing our largest growth coming from the 25 to 35 demographic. And I think it has a lot to do with the, uh, the podcasts like yours and, and the Facebook stuff. You know, we're getting the word out. People, people like to be a member of something that uh, gives back to the, the community. And uh, it's a great place for just, it's a great place for information and it's a cool thing to come and hang out. But I think we're, I think we're gaining, easy for me to say, uh, gaining about one member a day right now. And uh, some days more, some days less. But I know through the through the 15th of the month, uh, Craig Schoenberg, our, our membership director, sent me a, a text. And he said, between the 1st and the 15th, we had 19 new members. And we, uh, we've never had more members than we have right now. And we're just, we're growing. And that's, that's just kind of, I think, a, a product of what we're seeing in the in the country and in the world with the the popularity of traditional archery you know it's 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 fun and i think that's kind of the i was listening to you and rob the other night on a on a, a facebook live thing or something you guys were doing and everyone the thing about traditional archery if it was the same for everyone there would only be one bow and one type of arrow well, I don't know and, if you know this, but there are several people that want that, actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the cool thing about it, in my opinion, anyway. And you're right. There are people who say, hey, this is the only bow you can shoot. This is the only type of arrow. Um, trust me, I'm not that person. And, and I don't think <laughs> if you come to the rendezvous, you'll you'll know that that is not the case there. And uh, because because everyone's an individual and everything everything fits everyone different. And I, I tell people that call me or they're talking about, man, I really want to get a new bow. I don't know which one to get. I go, I don't know either. What you need to do, if you're interested in buying a new bow, come to someplace like the rendezvous. You know, there's multitude of bowyers in there. They all shoot differently for different people. And I said, you know, I always tell people, if, you, if you're going to buy one, go down. Every bowyer there has got bows. Go out and shoot them, and they'll let you shoot every bow in the place, and find the one that works for you. It doesn't matter if it's a recurve or a long bow or self bow or whatever it is. Find what works for you. When you grab that bow, hit your anchor. That's <laughs> easy for me to say. I hardly ever do that. But <laughs> when you when you shoot that bow and it feels right, go buy it. It's all different for everybody. Everybody's got their own take on it, which I think is really kind of the cool part of, of traditional archery and, and how it fits different people differently. We're all part of the same family, man. It's, it's pretty cool how, you know, different things, different equipment, different people, different draw styles, different anchor styles, different, you know, three fingers under, split finger, whatever they're going to do, 
it still gets the job done. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, they said, well, you know, people at the rendezvous, or actually we were talking about Facebook, and I see a lot of people post questions on there, and it's a fabulous way to share information. Of course, you get a lot of, I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> uh, basement experts, you know, and uh, people that, you know, just getting started, and, and uh, they're trying to, to figure things out. But the cool part about the rendezvous there's 2,000 people there that will be happy to answer your question, help you out. If you got a question, if this person doesn't know it, he'll know somebody that does. You know, it's, it's a great place to go and learn. It's a great place to, to meet people for resources, and, and it's just it's fantastic. I've, you know, you can, you can go in there, and people can, can help you out. And we've even had like folks like Tom Clum from uh, Rocky Mountain Special Digger Gear come and do uh, uh, shooting clinics and things like that. And would love to do some more of that sort of thing. Have you, like, over the last, you know, few years, like I said, I'm relative newcomer at this, so I, I, I have a different perspective than uh, than some people just because, you know, it's heavily into the, the compound thing and obviously sure. pretty, pretty in-depth in the industry and social media. And I, I actually, you know, for years uh, – uh, made fun of stick bow guys and, and, uh, <laughs> it wasn't my thing. And I, I, uh, you know, part of that reason, and I'm sure part of it was me and part of, you know, I just, uh, you know, there was definitely, um, kind of two sides of the fence and, uh, you know, there was animosity and on both sides, which I, I actually, you know, I'm sure caused more animosity at times, but my, my goal is not to do that. I try to get, Right. You know, I don't give a shit what you shoot if pink underwear and throw a spear. What as long as it makes you happy. Right. I didn't know what I was missing. You know, that's a big thing I try to talk about. Like it's it is pretty addictive watching an arrow fly through the air and, and take an animal down uh. with it and, and getting close where, you know, I was kind of a ding dong before and I shot stuff pretty far away with a compound and trying to relay that message of, you know, getting I've shot a few animals feet away and it's it's addictive. It's, it's very rewarding. Um, you know, trying to explain that in a younger generation. And what I found that's difficult is there wasn't, I'm assuming a lot of younger people joining up over the last 10, 15 years. And so you are left with a lot of, um, individuals maybe that were kind of stuck in their ways and social media was stupid or didn't want to get on it. And, and now there's a little bit of catch up going on, of trying to get mm-hmm. with the, the new program, I guess, because social media and podcasts are kind of a, I man, I, I think from one of the other, I actually heard that from one of the other f- organizations that podcasts were a fad. And I'm like, mm, I wonder if mm. way back in the day, if radio was a fad, because it did pretty well, or if TV was a fad or Facebook, <laughs> right? Like, there's, there's, right. and, and, and I, you know, I'm like, man, pretty much I got told seven or eight years ago, podcasts would be the new radio. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I really didn't pay attention. Well, I mean, damn. Right. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, and I can't, I can't get a guy like you on anything else but a podcast like this and, and get it out to, you know, 60, 80, 100,000 people. It's the best way to do it. Right. Right. And, and I think it's fantastic. And I, I'm one of those that's kind of a slow adopter because I work from home. I still steal. And um, my day is just cram-packed from about 7 o'clock in the morning until usually about 6 o'clock at night, and then I do other stuff. For me, I have like a classic rock station on in the background, and it's background noise. And if I was to play a podcast during the day, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. And I wouldn't get anything from it. I'd hear somebody talking in the background, but I wouldn't get anything from it. And I have friends. One of my friends drives heavy equipment. And he he devours podcasts, you know, because that's, he listens to them all day, every day. And and I, I think he's, he said if he could cook, you think he would marry you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit too much information. Awkward. But no, I, no, agree. I mean, I, I remember... Uh, and DVDs were a fad, or CD players, and and you're right. I think uh, podcasts are certainly here to stay. And and what a great way to uh, to get a message out to a lot of people in a very short amount of time. You can't do that on TV, you know. You can, but 
but uh, this is just a fantastic way to communicate and and I I think it's I think it's amazing what's happening and, and you're correct you know there's been a lot of people stuck in their ways I remember I was in the board meeting when we were discussing having our Facebook page and there were very mixed emotions about that because some of the guys that had been on the board, you know, it's like, man, the only thing I know about Facebook, is that's how teachers get in trouble and get fired. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, if they weren't posting inappropriate content, they wouldn't, you know? And, uh, so, you know, you do have to be careful. You know, we've, we've got, uh, you know, with the content and things like that, but, you know, we've got Malachi who I'm sure you've, you've talked with or, or at least texted back and forth with and stuff that runs our, you know, Compton Facebook page and, and Instagram. And, and he's doing a fantastic job with that. And so, you know, we're just very blessed to have someone like that in our midst that understands it and helps some of us older guys. But, uh, it's it's come a long ways, and you know it's a lot of work. You know, a lot of people think you know, these rendezvous, and and I'm not telling you anything. You're you're posting stuff on on social media all the time and doing these podcasts and seven they don't pages, just happen. buddy. Seven pages is what I run. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't even know how you do it, man. I don't either. I, but it's good, right? <laughs> it's good for everybody. That's uh, that's the cool thing is, you know. I mean, some people do it for the wrong reasons, but, um, you know, you get on there and you promote friends and organizations and products you like and hunts you've been on and technical stuff. And right. there is a lot of, you know, bad shit about social media, but there's a lot of good, you know, as well. And Absolutely. I always look back, like you say, with, uh, you know, people having, you know, reservations about Facebook. I'm like, I wonder if people didn't like books way back then, like books, we don't need books, book. you know, or computers. <laughs> We don't need that. So right. I, I, I haven't put myself, I haven't been in that position yet. You know, I'm, I'm mid forties. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm not young and I'm not old. I'm right in the middle. I, I haven't, right. Right. I haven't seen too many things where I've been like, what? But maybe, maybe when I get older, I'll be, be that guy, you know, and I'll be the guy that I'm giving shit right now to, you know, I'll be that guy where there's going to be some young dude <laughs> making fun of me. Who knows? But I, you know, I look at it as uh you can't grow without it now. It's it's almost impossible. You you got to have it to to cater to the younger generation. Well, it, it, you're absolutely right. One one case in point, and and it kind of changed the way we do some things. But I was uh, I had a Compton booth at the Kansas Bowhunters banquet, and I'm sitting there and talking with the guy next to me and this guy and that guy, and this young couple comes walking by, and they saw the banner behind me with the Compton logo on it. And they stopped and they're looking at the logo and I kind of looked up at them and they looked at each other and they looked back at me and they said, can we join Compton here? And I thought I started to say, am I on candid camera? (laughs) (laughs) Because no one ever just runs up to your booth and says, Hey, can we join? And I said, sure you can. And they're like, Oh, fantastic. We've been following, you know, Compton on, on social media for five years and never knew how to join. I'm thinking, Oh, we've got a, we've got to figure that out. You know, we've got to, we've got to change our ways a little bit and actually put something in there, a button to click on to go to the website and join once in a while. You know, you can have 10,000 people following you on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And if they're not a member, I mean, they're, they're doing things, but the real way to get involved to be a member is go to the website, click on the button and join. You know, it's a learning process for everyone. You know, we're posting content. And we all think, oh, hey, you know, we're going to get all this information out there. and Everybody's going to run in and join us. And they'll follow you on Facebook, but but uh, got to turn those sometimes into members. And so so they're getting magazine things and coming to the rendezvous. And and so I can say it's all a learning process. You know, we you start something and you go, you know, in the beginning, back in 1999, we knew we wanted to start something, but we we kind of had an idea of what to do and where to go. And then, you know, after we got things rolling, we added an archives program. I don't know if you've seen the, uh, if you don't have one, I'll send you one, but we have uh, the first edition of our archives book. Uh, it's, it's getting old now and we've been talking about getting the second edition out, which we'll get done here in the next year or so. The first edition of the archives book, you know, it's an all traditional listing of animals. It's been taken with a 
recurve longbow self-bow. And it's not a record book, but it's, it's a, it's a listing, you know, it's a, it's an archival listing. So that, that program came on a little later, you know, and, and then, you know, we didn't have a rendezvous the first year, but the next year we, we had a rendezvous and things just started growing from there. So, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress. You know, if you stop changing and doing things, then you stop growing. So far we've, we've been, we've been growing and more and more people coming to the rendezvous. It's just been fantastic, man. And, and my hat's off to folks like you that, that do these podcasts, kind of get the word out about stuff and, and keep, keep people interested and learning. You know, when I started back in the eighties, I don't remember, I read an article one time and, and it might've been something that Fred Bear said or somebody, but it was like, you know, always be a student of your sport, you know, never quit learning. And that's kind of the, you know, the, the mantra I think is, is you always keep learning, always keep changing and adapting. It's just like hunting. I remember you got to kind of watch and learn. And I know you do this all the time, but I was hunting a place and I kept seeing deer 75 yards away. And I thought, you know, when it gets dark, I'm going to drop this tree stand and run over there and hang it in that tree. A friend of mine was, was hunting up the creek from me, and he comes walking by. I said, hey, grab this. I start, I handed my stand down to him and started taking steps down. And I said, he said, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm going to move my stand over to that tree. It's dark. I go, yep, and it'll be light in the morning, and I'm going to adapt here. And next morning, I shot two deer, you know, out of that other tree. And so you've always got to learn and adapt. And it's just like running a podcast, running an organization, you know, if you stop, you're going to stop. Things are always in motion, man. And uh, just like this virtual rendezvous, we didn't know where to go with this thing. Coronavirus just kind of threw the brakes on everything, and we're just uh, making it up as we go. And, hey, by the way, I wanted to give you kudos for your donation, man. Those are some awesome items. And uh, we've got them up on the on the virtual auction now. We're adding things every day, too. We just had a short little conference call last night with a couple of the guys to figure out what to do with some of the bows we've got coming in, and we're just keeping going, you know, just making it up as we go. Hopefully it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, the the good thing about traditional archery is um, as horrible as this is going to sound, as far as modern technology, digital, social media you can only go up from here because uh, there was virtually none like we talked about before. So that's the good thing because anything you're doing is better than, than doing nothing uh, when it comes to the digital social media world. And you guys just trying to dabble into the virtual auction or things of that nature is a huge bonus because, oh, if the there's different, I always made comments to the different languages. If you're 18 to 30, you're speaking one language. 30 to 45 is another one, and uh, 45 to 60 is uh, a whole nother language. And most guys aren't speaking that 18 to 30-year-old language, which is foreign because it's uh, it's a lot of Twitter and Facebook and Insta-Google TweetFace and a bunch of other shit, right? And you just, if you're not <laughs> born into that, it takes a while right. to learn it. I, my, my wife, when I, when I you know, we, we met in 2007, I didn't have a phone or a computer. Uh, I lived in the woods, and... We, we, we were apart for a while. We got back together. I mean, we, we weren't married at that time. We got back together, got married, and she's like, who in the F are you? My phone, I'm like <laughs> wired in 24-7, phone's going off, and people are recognizing me in Walmart or wherever, and she, people want autographs and selfies, and she's like, did you uh, like take a pill or so? Like, what the hell happened? And I said, look, I had to adapt. Like, working right. in the outdoor industry, I... I I'm, I don't like social media per se. Um, it's kind of a necessary evil, and I, it's a good way to teach people, good way yep. to show off products, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. And mm-hmm. my biggest thing, like trying to uh, promote traditional archery, and I don't always do a, a great job, you know, something, sometimes I go the wrong way, but w- was uh, trying to get along, right? Like, uh, like I shot a compound bow, for years. And a, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, a guy sent me one to try and I shot it and I got all kinds of hate mail about shooting a compound bow. I'm sell out and whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, guys, if you take a step back and you think about this, if people, 
shooting a compound see me shooting a compound on Monday. And on Wednesday, they see me shooting a stick bow. Don't you think that might help convert people to traditional archery? Because if I just shoot a stick bow all the time, the compound guys might say, piss on that. I'm not learning anything. So this way I can teach and convert at the same time. Uh, God forbid the voice of reason step into the equation, but that's a good way to convert people because I can show both. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't buy that though. I I tell you, I was surprised. I was kind of floored by it. I'm like, guys, this is actually a good thing. If I shoot a compound every now and then I can show off both. And I try to do that because I went, like you said about moving the tree stand, you know, 75 yards over in 2015, Mm -hmm. I would have just shot it from 75 yards away with my compound. Um, (laughs) Right. But, but I've learned it's a hell of a lot cooler to shoot it seven and a half yards away than it was mm-hmm. 75. There's a more of an adrenaline rush, a sense of accomplishment of what you've done, uh, work ethic. It, you do have to shoot the bow more. It, it, it's more work shooting a stick yeah. bow. But I can show yeah. that and sh- tell my story, right, of, of shooting animals at ungodly distances away and how I much prefer shooting a stick bow now. And that's kind of all part of the equation of, of getting people to understand and, and open their, their door to traditional archery, so to speak. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, in fact, the cool thing about traditional and, and archery in general, it's a progression. You know, you, it's just like riding a bicycle. You know, you start out on the tricycle, then you move up to the bicycle, and then maybe later on you get a motorcycle or something. And, and, or a flat brim and a skateboard nowadays and move to Boulder. (laughs) Right, right. There you go. Whatever, (laughs) whatever tips you trigger, man. But you know, the thing about archery and traditional archery, archery is supposed to be fun. Yes. You know, you need to shoot a, a stick bow more, you know, to stay proficient and that sort of thing. But every shoot I've ever gone to, and used to, when I was in Arkansas, I lived in Arkansas for three years and went to a lot of shoots in Southern Missouri and Arkansas and just about a shoot every weekend. Some of them were all traditional shoots, but back then, usually the all traditional shoots, and this was the mid to late eighties, early nineties. Usually the all traditional shoots were just in the winter time in the off season. So every shoot, you know, they, they would call the, you know, the different groups, the different categories or, or whatever, and uh, read the scores off for the top three people and hand out the plaques or something. You know, at that time I shot a lot and was shooting pretty good. And my score was generally really close to what the compound shooters were shooting. And invariably, after all that was done, there'd always be one or two guys come over and say, Hey man, can I shoot that bow? Sure. Sure you can. And we'd go to the practice bales and fling a few arrows and I go, man, that's neat. I go, well, come on, come on, have some fun, you know, and, uh, cause we were having fun. And I think that's what attracts people. And we know, you know, that there's, there's people that are wanting to dip their toe in and they'll, they'll take a recurve or a longbow to a shoot here and there and maybe shoot it all summer, but may not have the confidence to hunt with it yet. And you know what? That's fine. Everything happens at its own time. Everybody takes, it's a baby step type thing, you know? And then I see people on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, you know, they shot their first animal with the, with the traditional equipment. You know, we've got a, a section in our magazine for, for traditional firsts. We're, we're actually thinking about having a picture board at the rendezvous and the big game classic for people to bring pictures of their, their first traditional kill and put them up on the board to share with everybody. Kind of the old, uh, <laughs> the, the, their own Facebook wall to say, you know, on the, an old old school Facebook <laughs> to share their pictures, but you know it's an accomplishment. And every animal we take is an accomplishment, whether it's a it's a rabbit or squirrel. Which those things are hard to hit sometimes, but uh, you know the deer, elk, whatever it is, you know. And and we need to part of part of archery is camaraderie and and telling stories and sharing your story and sharing your experiences. And that's, that's one of the things I think is so cool about these podcasts is that, you know, you can, you can go on a hunt, backpack and trip, whatever, and you can share your experience almost instantly with a lot of people. People, you know, they might learn something from that or might give them an idea that, you know what, I can go do that too. I just need to buckle down and do it. And uh, for years, 
I was one of those that didn't think I could, you know, when I was younger, I didn't make as much money and didn't have the time to go do some things. And I, I ended up on a moose hunt in Canada with a friend of mine. It was kind of a, a freebie deal, so to speak. It's a long story, but long story short, I spent the week with a guy who these all the guides and stuff up there. We were hunting with them. He was a fireman. He had, uh, he had cancer had just found out he had cancer. You know, his hair was starting to fall out from the chemo treatments or whatever. And he and I spent a lot of time in a boat that week and walking around in the woods. And he said, Dennis, he said, never put off something that you want to do. And it was a trade hunt. So those guys were all going to Colorado to elk hunt the next year. This friend of mine was going up there moose hunting. And so anyway, he said, never put it off. He says, I always wanted to go to Colorado and elk hunt. And he said, I'm not going to get to do that. He said, you never know what this old world has in store for you. And he said, if you want to do something, just do it. Figure it out and do it. And it's the same thing with archery. You know, if you're going to do something, jump in. Become a, become a student of the sport. Jump in and do it, man. And there's no time like the present. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I tell people that frequently that are like, hey, uh, either I'm thinking about swapping over or I'm buying my first bow, you know, should I buy a compound and go to a recurve or should I just buy a recurve or a longbow? And, you know, a lot of it I say it's it's kind of like women, man. There's got to be a, uh, you're, I, I mean, much I hate to say it, you don't go, uh, you know, throw your moves on a lady because of her heart because you don't know what it looks like yet. It's usually because she's hot. And then you figure out the rest later. If you right. are... <laughs> really liking the idea of traditional archery go for it like go in like all in you know if you're like mm-hmm. ah you know uh, whatever dennis harper does it and jake downs and aaron it seems kind of cool but you're really wanting to do a compound you might want to try compound first and screw around with a stick bow and and see if it's your thing but whatever you want to do like commit to it and uh you know put out the effort because it's it's going to be pr- you know, more than most likely more rewarding. And as you said, become a student of the sport. And I say that all the time, master the sport, whatever you want to call it. Like, don't just learn to shoot, you know, learn to shoot, learn to fletch arrows, learn to tune, learn the history, you know, learn, learn everything, learn as much as you can. I mean, knowledge is power. And I I was very, uh, I mean, I, I did this more or less on a dare and just become addicted to it. Right. If you would have told me, in 16, when I picked it up, if I'd be, you know, hunting every animal I possibly could with a stick, I'd call you a liar. But here, here I am, and I'm telling other people to do it. It's <laughs> it's addictive. And if you really, like I started reading, well, I've always read about Fred Bear and his field notes, but, you know, some of the, I, I don't say old timers in the sport, but you read about a, a Paul, you know, Paul Schaefer or a, I guess Glenn St. Charles or who, whoever, you know, it it's kind of like it's, it's no different than than the history of 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 the United States or any kind of history. You're reading who built the foundation that your house is built on, um, who started it, what was going on, why. You know, Marv Klinke's kind of built a big foundation here in Colorado. Um, learning about Marv, you know, he's a super cool guy. I've only met him a few times, and the dedication that went into it, the adventures. Uh, the Fred Bear field notes are amazing and compound or stick bow. You can't not read those and, and just be enamored of, of what that guy did back in the day and how much of a pain it was to do what's relatively easy to do now. It's not overly difficult to go to Alaska or the NWT or the Yukon and hunt now. Right. But think about right. back then, like, holy cow, a lot different. Um, gear. Well, exactly. Yeah. I sell thousand dollar backpacks for a living, right? I, I I've got carbon arrows and well, I mean I've got everything, right? I got a thirty eight hundred dollar spotting scope. Think about what the pain those guys had to go through to kill shit back then. It's amazing. Right. Well, if you read that book, Bows on the Little Delta, that Glenn St. Charles read, wrote, you know, um, one of the things that stands out to me is when they're flying that super cub up and down the river. And they're chucking boxes of arrows out and their tent and everything else because there wasn't a very good landing strip. And they're like, well, we might need this down the road. And they chuck it out down the river. You know, he said, heck, there's still boxes of arrows laying out there someplace that they never found, you know. <laughs> and and just just like what you're saying, you know, that the 
it was difficult then. It's much easier now, but you know, the adventure and that's the adventure never changes. I don't think it, it changes a little bit, you know, because maybe we hunt smaller areas. And we're not, you know, like here in Missouri, we hunt woodlots, you know, and a farm that somebody let, gives you permission to hunt. And so it's smaller, you know, it's different, but you know, you get to the national forest in Colorado or, or uh, New Mexico or wherever. And, and it's a, it's a little bit different, but you know what? The adventure is still there. And it's, it's just awesome that we get to take part and do all that stuff. And that's what Compton's about. I mean, the cool thing about Compton is, is, you know, we're not, not necessarily against anything. We're just here to promote traditional. And, you know, we know that people may switch back and forth between one type, you know, compounds and recurves or longbows or whatever. And, and the really cool thing about that is, you know what, we know that happens and we're fine with it. Everybody, everybody comes along at their own pace. They'll pick it up or they'll, they'll decide what else they want to do, you know? And so I just think it's a, it's, it's really cool time we live in. We have, uh, have the opportunities that we have and, um, and have our organizations where we can share those experiences and, and, um, the camaraderie that comes along with it. And, you know, there's something, there's something to be said about people that spend a lot of time alone in a tree stand or in a ground blind or up on the mountain hunting. We love to tell our stories when we get back around a bunch of people. And I've been, uh, been doing this now for a lot of years. I, well, I was on our state, uh, Bohane organization of president for, for six years there back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And, and, uh, my wife helped out a bunch and, and she always said, she goes, you know, there's, there's no group like a group of bow hunters that likes to talk and tell stories. She said, you know, they always talk about little old ladies sitting around the knitting and telling stories and gossiping. She goes, they can't hold a candle to a group of bow hunters. <laughs> There's probably yeah. a lot of truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, you just kind of, kind of, learn and go and move and, and do things. And Hey, I, I was wanting to just talk about something really quick. A um, couple things If people listening are interested in uh, learning more about Compton and, and stuff. If they go to CompTraditionalBowHunters.com, there's a, there's a, a link or a, a box on there that they can click on. And uh, we're kind of taking it old school a little bit there, but we have a, an email system where we can keep people up to date on uh on things going on, you know, with the virtual rendezvous and the big game classic next year, which, which by the way, the big game classic, we're still trying to work on. I know uh, we're going to have you as a speaker, which I'm excited about, but you know, we were getting, we just about had all this done, uh, had the hotel booked and everything else, had a couple of things to tweak on the, on the uh, contract with them. And I talked to the gal there at the end of February. And she said, well, I've got a big group of people in right now. She says, give me a couple of days and I'll get it fixed and, and we'll get this thing done. It's like, okay. A couple of days went by. I called back. They'd send everybody home because of the coronavirus. <laughs> and they're just now starting to reopen some of that. So hopefully we'll get all that booked and we'll be able to maybe do a little talk about that sometime. But you know, the, the, the where I was going with that, there's a button on there to register your email to keep up to date. You want to talk about learning and adapting as we go. Uh, the other day, uh, Bear had given us a, a 59 Kodiak. At the Rendezvous, the big game classic, generally we start every every auction, like the Friday night and Saturday night auctions at the Rendezvous. We'll start them off with a, with a card raffle. You know, we'll take a deck of cards and we'll sell them for 20 bucks a piece and, and we'll draw a winner and they get a new bow. We were saying, well, I wonder, I wonder if that would work online. You know, if we could do that, you know, send out an email and I don't know if it'll work or not, but let's try it. We sent the email out. I think it was Saturday morning and or Sunday morning, Sunday morning, about 1130, let's say. And in 42 minutes, all 52 cards were gone. And holy cow. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we start getting phone mail, phone calls and the emails like, Hey, I can't get my ticket, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm sorry, man. They sold out too fast. We had no idea that it would go that quickly. People, if you're interested, we've got some other great items that we're going to be doing a card raffle for. And, uh, they want to go to that, 
button and register their email so that they're, they'll be the first people to know about it. Because we've got two more packages that I know of right now that we're going to do that with. And then, you know, of course, the, the Dream Raffle, that's, that's something kind of specific to Compton that we do once a year at our rendezvous. And uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of the Dream Raffle with the uh, Ridgemaster Outfitters antelope hunt. I, yeah, I did. New stock stalker stick bow and binoculars and arrows and blind and all kinds of stuff on there. And, uh, you know, one person's going to win that, you know, we're going to put all the, all the tickets in a, in a bag or we usually have a tumbler, but it's in our storage spot up in Michigan. So we're going to do a Facebook live drawing Saturday the 20th and somebody's going to win that entire package. Uh, it's a, it's a good deal. And, and definitely, and I'll throw something on the beginning of the, the podcast as well, as far as, uh, you know, everything you guys have going on, but, but definitely, um, you know, as far as what they've got going on on the live auctions and, and the, the virtual, um, I guess you could call it virtual auctions, virtual rendezvous. Um, and then just joining, uh, Compton in general, it's for a good cause. Even if you're a, a compound guy, um, you guys, you guys do a lot of good things. And, and I definitely, you know, strongly suggest that if you're if you're going to join a uh, traditional archery organization's uh, organization, make it Compton's. It's it's certainly who I've tried to align myself with to a certain degree. It's you guys are just cooler, and I don't know how else to put it. Everybody I've talked to has been great. I, I you know I think you guys are kind of swinging along the um you're get you're uh you are evolving quicker. Uh, I guess you could say you guys are doing a really good job about catering to the younger crowd, which is great. Um, I think because that, you know, nobody lives forever, right? We need young guys and, and, uh, catering to that younger crowd is huge. I'm telling you that's, that's the future of any organization, but we, we, we believe that. And, and that, that shows through in our, our youth program. Um, you know, a big portion of our budget every year is spent on, sending bows and arrows, arm guards and, and tabs, whatever else to youth groups that, uh, you know, we'll, they'll send us a, an application. You know, someone's trying to start an archery program in their church or their youth group of some sort. We have sent over, I'd, I'd be, I really would like to know exactly how many, but I know we've sent thousands of bows and probably tens of thousands of arrows to individuals and groups, you know, somebody that, you know, somebody knows a, a kid that a young, a young person that's wanting to learn to shoot a bow, you know, get in touch with us, get in touch with our, our, uh, youth director. And, uh, you know, we can, we can get a bow in their hands. That's, that's what we do. You know, it's, it's helping promote the sport, you know, promoting archery in general, you know, that's a, that's a big part of what we do. And, and we're here for promote and preserve. And, you know, that's, that's what we're all about. You know, one of the things with the, uh, taking the virtual rendezvous I almost skipped over here, but let me say this first in line with the youth program, we actually have a, a scholarship program and, uh, you know, we started out small, uh, Nick Dedeker, who was on the board, uh, passed away a few years ago. And uh, he was a school teacher and he was the head of our, of our youth program. And, uh, you know, teaching kids was just a, a big part of his life. And he just, he, he shined at that. In his honor, we decided to start a scholarship fund. And it started off, I think we gave away one or two, maybe one $500 scholarship and or two the next year and three the next year. And, and this year, uh, because Folks like the Colorado Traditional Archers, uh, they've given us donations to that fund. And uh, you know, we raise money by selling stuff and earmarking it for the scholarship fund. This year, we're having we're giving away three $1,000 scholarships. Either the, the, the young person or their parents need to be a Compton member. But there's an application in the magazine. Uh, we extended the deadline because of all the stuff going on through the 1st of June. So we're going to give away three $1,000 scholarships on uh, June the 20th, which is the normal Saturday of the rendezvous. So that's, that's kind of a big deal for us. And the virtual rendezvous, you know, we were, like I said earlier, we were just looking at the, the schedule of events and trying to figure out what we could do. 
And you know, every every year we have several nice seminars during the day on Friday and Saturday. And I'm not smart like some people and <laughs> be able to like, how do we do those? You know, how do we do something? And we have uh, a couple of years ago in Pittsburgh, we started our first ever uh, traditional film festival that we do Friday night at the Big Game Classic. We get people send us videos and usually we try to limit them to 10 minutes. We'll pick out the best half a dozen or whatever. We have a committee that looks at them. And then we air those on, on Friday night and everybody gets to watch them and vote for their favorite. And I think we call it Best of the Fest. Anyway, it's kind of a cool little addition to what we do. Since we weren't able to have the Big Game Classic this spring, we decided, you know what, we can use those videos as kind of like seminars. So we've got those posted on the on the virtual rendezvous uh, page on our website. People can go there and watch all the videos and vote on their favorite. And we're, we're going to send out a, an award for the, the top one or whatever, the most likes or votes or whatever. And then um, I, th- I was talking with Rob Petuto the other day, and you know he's doing that uh, that live event with uh, Monty Browning. I think he said he's going to do one with you. Is that have you got that worked out yet, or, or is that just something he was planning on and hadn't told you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's probably something he's planning on and hadn't told me, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now we can advertise that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, he had the ability, and um, you know he's going to charge five bucks a person or whatever, and he's got some. Uh, some good door prizes going to give away. And then we're also going to do the drawing for that 59 Kodiak that we did the card raffle for during that, uh, during that live um, Facebook live thing he's going to do on the 29th. All the proceeds will come to Compton and then all the, all the, uh, they're going to draw for all the door prizes and we're going to have some more fun and figure out something else to do, you know? No, that's so, cool. That's you know, like good. I say, adapt and change. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, man, we're about hitting it an hour here, so I should probably um, hop off. But, um, man, I I appreciate you. I'm I'm glad you said all that because uh, if I was supposed to ask you about it, I screwed up. So I'm glad you got all that out <laughs> as far as what's what's going on. But um, definitely everybody uh, take a look at uh, Compton Traditional uh, as well as everything they've got going on. Uh, if you got any questions, by all means, you guys can get a hold of me. And, and uh, I just want to thank you and the organization in general. You guys are doing great things, and I, I encourage everybody to join. And, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you. We appreciate what you're doing, and, and uh, let's stay in touch, man. Let's, let's figure out a time we can share a campfire sometime. That, that sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on, and, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon enough, man. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, man. Bye-bye.